1: Good afternoon. Um, if you are foolish enough to. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? Jackie, she's freaking out. Is it personal or professional? She's jumping up and down. We have a. Should I call paramedics? What's going on out there? Is she okay? Just tell me she's okay. She is okay. All right. You just jumped up and down like she either won the lottery or uh, is getting divorced. I don't know what the hell's going on. All right. Anyway, hello. Uh, Look, um, there is a God. There is God, one God, Son Jesus, and I'll tell you how I know. How I know? Any atheists out there? Uh, There are a million ways to prove that there is God, but I am just going to give you my latest example: the banana. Have you eaten a banana lately? They—it's the perfect food. Are you telling me this just happened by accident? A banana and this banana that I just had. Is from Costa Rica. How do I know? It's got the Del Monte sticker on it. And it says Costa Rica number 4011 with a little UPC. I guess if you scan it at the register. Somebody sent this from Costa Rica. I spent 15 cents on it. Somebody somehow is still making money on my cheap little banana, which is the most amazing food in the world. This is all figured out. I'm telling you. The economy, too. The economy... You think man is responsible. Okay, what's going on now? Seriously, she's she's having a nervous breakdown. I need to know what's going on out there. All right, find out. Is she getting fired? Are they call security? What? Am I Uh Anyway, you know what I mean. I hope about the food that we get to share. I'm going to find out what's up with this uh emotional employee. Um All right. Lots to get to. Uh, Joe Biden is celebrating one year in office. He was inaugurated one year ago tomorrow. Not much to celebrate. And uh, Eric Adams has been mayor for three weeks and he is failing like, well, it's not a big surprise to me. I told you guys about this, uh, this very low intelligence, low in accomplishment. Uh, low and in integrity individual. He had no business being mayor, and we're seeing that. And I just saw this. Oh, talk about an amateur move. He's doing the same thing De Blasio did. Eric Adams announces new plan to reduce pedestrian fatalities. Oh, knock yourself out. Vision Zero. Vision Zero. You want to do? You want to do something here? Tell the bike riders to take it easy. Not only just tell. That's not going to work. Tell you what. Let's start licensing the bike riders. They don't stop for anything, and boy, oh boy, are they smug. I had a guy, he's all decked out like, uh, who's a big bike rider? Uh, Greg LeMond, who's the guy who took the drugs? It's all about the bike. Uh, what the hell's his name again? Dan? Lance Armstrong. Yeah, him. With all the special equipment and all that stuff, they act like they're so special. They're so obnoxious. They're terrible. Uh, well, they're great people, I'm sure, but on that bike, they become little dictators, and they think it's all about them, and they crash into people. I've had two near misses with a damn bike in the past uh, six months, two. They're going 30 miles per hour down the block, and they're in and out, of tr- whatever they want to do, because it's it's nature, and it's wholesome, and no, it's not. It's dangerous. Another, by the way, more evidence that there is a God, that man can ride a bicycle, okay, that we can— Design a bike, build a bike, sell it for profit. You can buy one. It's delivered via a plane or a ship to you, and you get on that damn thing and you pedal away and you can do it. We are special. We are not animals, okay? We are descendants from a divine being, descendants, creations, children of a divine being. All right. Uh, I do want to get rid of this Eric Adams stuff quickly because it's sad. It was so predictable. Was it avoidable the way our screwy political system works overwhelmingly Democrat town? The Democrat seems to always get it. You need you need a Rudy Giuliani. You need a Michael Bloomberg. Gosh, you know what? With a little bit. I feel bad. You know what would have helped Curtis is if we still had the Liberal Party yet with the Liberal Party. I want nothing to do with the Liberal Party. Shut up for a second. All right. The Liberal Party helped Giuliani become mayor. The Liberal Party helped Bloomberg become mayor. And if we still had it the way it used to work, it could have helped Curtis Sliwa. But we don't have it, and this is what we got. Eric Adams, he got like 25 people to vote for him, and he thinks he's king of the world. That's the way it works in the Democrat primary. So isn't it kind of pathetic that this is – now that he has finally acknowledged that it's dangerous. Oh, wow, we're making such progress. Eric Adams recognizes the crime problem. First, he said, it's all in your head. Do you remember that a couple of days ago? We have no crime problem. It's all in your head. You're imagining it. Yes, bad things happen, but it's perception, not reality. And then this, Mr. Uh, Vegan, Mr. Fit, Mr. I got a gun, Mr. I'm a cop. He's scared. Cut three.
2: I saw the homelessness, the yelling, the screaming early in the morning. uh, Crimes right outside of the platform. We're going to make sure New Yorkers feel safe in our subway system. And they don't feel that way now. I don't feel that way when I take the train every day.
1: That's what's gotten people upset. Just the other day, he said a long-winded answer to tell everybody, if you are upset about crime, it's all in your head. Only 1% of the crime in New York happens on the train. You know, they're always playing with the numbers. De Blasio did it for Well, he did it for eight years. Did it for nine years when he was running for mayor as well. Speaking of which, goodbye. He is in trouble, by the way. I knew he couldn't be governor. But he's really in a bit of a bind right now. He has zero skill. None. And now we've all seen that. The news is, officially, he's not running for governor. He put out that uh, little message that he's not doing it, but he will work. Do we have that little thing? He's going to work for uh, you and me uh, behind the scenes. Please. Don't bother. All right, just leave us alone. Anyway, he's uh, not running for governor. But here's his problem: he's sixty, sixty-one years old. He has no skill. He has no political skill. We saw him screw that up. He has no governmental skill. He has no policy skill. Uh, he's not a lawyer either. He's that why? Well, what's? Uh, I'm not a lawyer either. Why? Why is that important? Well, that's what a lot of politicians are. It's something that you can do. It's a license to kind of make money. Uh, it's an excuse for people to hire him. Okay, we'll put him in that office. It'll be nice to have the former mayor around. They can't do that. He's probably going to wind up being just a cruddy lobbyist of some kind um, or working in a nonprofit, some mid-level job at a nonprofit. He's uh, yeah, he's kind of screwed. This is not what he – remember, two years ago, he thought he'd be president right now. I don't think it was just an ego chair. I thought he really thought he could win. Somehow he was going to uh, – shock the world everybody you want uh no not gonna happen all right wait one other thing here who's been watching my newsmax show you ought to be it's very very special people are talking about it we're starting to break through we're catching up you know the they came after us they tried to soft cancel us but it didn't work and we are back we took a bit of a hit we were on fire for a while took a little bit of a hit and now we're coming back And it's important because no one else is pointing out what we're pointing out. By the way, what is the mainstream media concerned about right now? A bunch of fake boogeymen. I hate boogeymen, but I don't care about fake boogeymen. What are the fake boogeymen? It's the issues that Joe Biden continually hits us over the heads with. January 6th. Police are terrible people. That's a phony issue. That's not even true. White supremacy. you got to worry about that. Uh, Global warming. uh, Oh, all that voter suppression that's going on. All that stuff is absolute nonsense. Okay, it's not happening. They say it's happening. It's all they talk about. It's all they think about. If it's not happening, they're going to pretend it's happening because they can score political points that way. More power, more money. Meanwhile, the real things that we have to worry about that we're being faced with. The threat of Islamic extremist terrorists. They're out there. The guy just took over that damn synagogue. The FBI actually said out loud, we do not believe that this is a terrorism related. (laughs) What are you talking about? The FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, try Federal Bureau of Incompetence, the Federal Bureaucracy Incorporated. They took, they're taking all of their, what a bunch of wimps, seriously. I know there are great agents in the Cleveland office, maybe, uh, maybe in the Long Island office, but at headquarters. And that Christopher Ray, as Trump said, you can keep him. You can keep him. Hey, here's a story for you, you may not have heard. A couple of years ago, we got a very interesting call in the Kelly household. Ring! Hello, is Ray Kelly there? I'd like to talk to him. This is the president. Ray, how you doing? You know, Ray, I think you'd be a great FBI director. I really do. Yeah, you should think about it, Ray. It would be great. We're having fun down here. Great, awesome um, uh, idea by the president. Yes, he floated by my dad. Are you interested? Yeah, sure, I'm interested. Guess what happened next? Well, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I have a feeling uh, that a guy whose name rhymes with Chris Christie didn't like that idea at the time he had Trump's uh, ear that a couple of other swamp Republicans, for whatever reason, wanted Christopher Ray to have the job. Well, there he is. And that happens when you're president. You got all these people around you all day, all night. They're all telling you stuff. You can't tell what their agenda is. Now, Trump unlike a lot of uh, politicians, did not spend his entire life, you know, working, dreaming of being the president. He was creating a mega brand. He was building buildings. He was changing the world. He wasn't planning on a presidency. And he shouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been Trump if he had been thinking all the time about what am I going to do as president? How do I become president? Who will I pick when I get there? That's what swamp guys do. Anyways, not a Swamp guy. So when he first got there, yeah, there were some bad picks. He relied on the Swamp, and the Swamp screwed him. Swamp really screwed him over. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's the FBI for you. What else is really happening that they're not talking about? Uh, <laughs> this bail reform stuff, bad. That guy who killed that girl allegedly in Los Angeles at that furniture store had been arrested like 15 times in 2020. Uh, no bail for you. Hey, zero respect for the police. That's paying real dividends, real negative dividends now. Hey, who's watching all this? These are real problems, by the way, not that phony January 6th crap. Vladimir Putin is watching and sees how weakened we are. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to take his troops and he's going to march into Ukraine. I can almost guarantee it at this point. Tony Blinken gets on the phone and says, we'd prefer you not to do this. And don't forget anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism in Congress, overt anti-Semitism. It's happening. It's real. And it's going unchecked, certainly by our weak, cowardly politicians and a corrupt media. Be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, is it possible we've been looking at weight loss in the wrong way? Leading experts right now at the Skinny Center, they're up in Westchester, they've helped thousands of people shed from 5 pounds to 125 pounds. So what is their secret? Losing weight is an internal process. Often we look to make outside obvious changes like dieting and exercise with the hope that's going to bring about, you know, a slim new you. We're often disappointed. Now, my weight loss transformation started from the inside. The doctors at the Skinny Center, they take an in-depth look at what's lurking on the inside and pinpoint biological changes that might be stopping you from losing weight. With the results of my testing, they were able to identify steps I needed to take to protect my health and manage my weight for the long term. Give them a call today. They are great people. Very, very nice. 914-703-4811. 914-703-4811 914 703 4811 or go to theskinnycenter.com. That's theskinnycenter.com. This is the Greg Kelly Show. All right, everything is under control with our uh, person over there. I misunderstood the situation everything is totally fine we have these silly glass uh, it's not silly i love it here but uh no office no studio nothing has privacy anymore everything is glassed so you get to see everybody all the time all offices are like that now you either sit in a great big pen uh with everybody thanks a lot bloomberg uh, or you have, even if you're the boss of the whole company, you're in a fishbowl. Everybody can see everything. In my day, I've had an office or two. I had a couch in my, I had, a, I had a couch, I had a refrigerator. I have what they call a man cave. It was beautiful and nobody could see in. I could get undressed there. I could take a nap. I could do whatever I, well, you know, within reason, I was at work. But still, I liked that system. Uh, And I told you I was thinking about making a man cave in my new uh, dwelling. We moved recently. Now, here's the thing about that. I've been thinking about it. A man cave. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, all these guys, a lot of them, if they had uh, kids and a wife, they'd buy a house right away. I was really impressed and also, like, not too jealous because that was a lot at 25. A wife, a kid, and a house a house with a yard and a front yard, a backyard and the the gardening and all that stuff you got to do with the house. And they're doing it all. But one thing they all had, they had these little special offices, but they called the man caves, you know, only daddy goes in there and he's got all of his neat stuff. He's got his special TV. He's got his model planes. We all had these model planes, pilots, you know, Um, you know, sports paraphernalia, all that stuff. And, I kind of always wanted one, but there's something about it that didn't feel right at the same time. And then I finally put my finger on it. You ever hear of uh, Sebastian Maniscalco? He's a very funny comedian. Um, he was, like, doing it for a long time. And then I think he broke out, what, three or four years ago maybe? Anyway, he has this routine. He reminds me of a slightly cleaned up uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Is it, are they a little bit alike maybe? So he's like, oh, You know, everyone, all my friends are talking about the man cave. Oh, you got your man cave with your little cooler and your special little TV for watching your sports. Yeah, your little room, your little cozy room. Yeah, that's nice. You know, my dad, uh, when we were growing up, he had a man cave too. Yeah. You know what we called it? The house. (laughs) He ruled the house. We didn't, (laughs) we had to, We occupy the house on his terms. Now the father has to go away to his own little playroom. What is up with that? I'm like, damn it. Sebastian is right. I will be the king of my castle. I'm not going to be confined to some room. You know what room I'll be confined to, if any? The living room. There's a reason why we call it the living room. I'm not going to have... I've already started doing it, by the way. I sit there... I got all my stuff, whatever, right in the middle of the house. The king. What's up with the music again? This new schedule. Okay, be right back. That's, uh, of course, Billy Joel. I, was only fun. Wasn't hurting I like the music. He's a bit of a horn dog in all these songs, if you really listen, you know? It's always about some reluctant girl that he's uh, cajoling into hooking up with him. Anyway, he's a genius. I know that. Um, he really is a bright guy, and he's living among us. I ran into him once at uh, a restaurant downtown. It was very cool. And he seemed to have some vague idea of who I was. I was extremely flattered. Uh, one other thing about Billy Joel, I hate to bring this up, but it's interesting to me. Uh, and it's actually in a weird way inspiring. He tried to commit suicide in the, like, the 1970s before he got really famous. He was all hung up about some girl, and I think he swallowed turpentine or something like that. Maybe it wasn't a very serious attempt, but it was an attempt. Can you imagine if he had gone through with that? Anyway, never, ever, ever worth it. My goodness gracious, get help. Talk, talk about it. Um, it's uh, but everybody gets down in the dumps, some more than others, and uh, you know how I feel about the way to. Uh, hey, I went to a psychiatrist many times. I uh, I took I took lithium, z- z- uh, xanthium, you name it. I took it at one point or another under a doctor's guidance. Okay, I wasn't a pill popper, but nothing really worked. Until I started reading the Bible. Uh, it's uh, Now, am I perfect? Absolutely not. You know, there's somebody listening out there. Wait a second. I heard what that guy, I know. No kidding. I am a person, but I am a lot better thanks to him. Capital H. Capital H. All right. Um, we were, oh, I do want to tell you this real quick, just before you go thinking that Joe Biden is actually running the country. I mean, the good news in a weird way is he's not. Yes, he has tremendous influence and all this nonsense he's talking about has a real world effect on day to day lives, but he's not actually running the country. Have you ever been to the White House? Have you ever gotten a tour of the White House? Uh, if you have, most likely you did not get to see the West Wing. Now, I actually, not to brag, worked at the West Wing between 2005 and 2007. I was a White House correspondent. I was the third-ranking White House correspondent. I was like the perpetual fill-in, which meant I went there basically three days a week. It was very cool, but it got to be just a job like any other. I flew on Air Force One about maybe a dozen times or so. Got to uh, travel the world with George W. Bush. Traveling the world with George W. Bush really wasn't all that. I mean, yes, you travel in style. Going to India was about as hard for me as going to Brooklyn, even easier. You literally just walk on the plane, and then the bus is right there when you get off a special bus, not just some airport bus. I mean special. And you're in the motorcade. You're in the presidential motorcade. They whisk you right to the hotel. There's food everywhere. And when you're on the plane, you can kind of do whatever you want. You don't have to buckle up your seatbelt. It's crazy you got to stay in the back of Air Force One. They don't let you just mill around the place, but it's a beautiful first-class setup in the back of the plane for the reporters. Um, I am surprised that W even... <laughs> at one point, I was surprised he even got off the plane. I mean, we went all the way over to India. We were there for like four hours. I mean, he had he had a cup of coffee and left. He was not the most adventurous, curious guy. I think Bill Clinton stayed there for three weeks and looked at the Taj Mahal and rode an elephant, just did everything you could possibly do in India. And I mean everything. Uh, but uh, W was not that guy. Anyway, I worked there for a bit. And in the West Wing, it's not the nerve center of the country. You ever watch the West Wing, that TV show? Oh, thousands of people running around in the operations center and the phone's always ringing. It's not like that. Um, picture a like a Marriott conference center or... Like if you've ever been to a law firm, like a moderately sized law firm, maybe even a small law firm in in say Nassau County or New Jersey, you know, a suburban law firm. That's the vibe. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like, even. And then you go into the situation room. Wow, that's when they got all the screens and all the all the secret stuff. No, they got a table. They've got a table. And they got some chairs. Yes, there's a TV or two but and some wires, and you can plug anything in, but it's just not all that. It's, it's really – so what do they do all day? Well, they plan to do things, and they give speeches, and they talk about and they try to get the bureaucracy to do what they want them to do, and that's hard, by the way. But they do influence the national conversation. It's just not as operational as you might think. Running the country is really not applicable. And what does Joe Biden do? What does he talk about? Like that nonsense I was telling you about. All these phony boogeymen, January 6th, uh, white supremacy, global warming, uh, you can't vote, it's too hard to vote. Oh, police, terrible threats, systemic racism, all of that nonsense, while ignoring Islamic terror, uh, the Taliban running Afghanistan. Um, Zero respect for the police. Putin on the rise. Anti-Semitism everywhere. They're ignoring all of that stuff. Well, that doesn't matter because the government's taking care of it, right? I mean, they're on it, even if Joe Biden isn't. No. They are taking their cues from the Biden administration. All of these agencies want money. They want stuff. And Joe can actually give them that stuff. It's a weird game. Uh, The bureaucracy kind of runs itself. They don't really need the president. They want the president. It's just... It's all kind of murky. So the stuff that he talks about actually does have an impact. Hey, by the way, I looked up uh, Merrick Garland has given three major speeches this year, one on January 6th, one on the threat from white supremacy, and one on the threat of uh, Republicans trying to prevent people from voting. All three of those things are fantasies, and our Justice Department is consumed with that stuff. See the problem? Now, when Donald Trump was there, what did he talk about? Border security, national security, kicking China's ass. I mean, big, big stuff. And they hated that. The swamp doesn't want anything to do with that stuff. We want to get along with our adversaries. We want, uh, we want to make some money here. Oh, speaking of which, the worst person in the world on television is uh, Nicole Wallace. Maybe I shouldn't even bring her up because she's just not a factor, but... She is a Republican, and she is liberal as all hell. She was never really a Republican. What did they say? Republican in name only? She is that, a rhino. You can look her up online. Nicole Wallace, a thousand pictures of her flirting with George W. Bush, just being one of the boys. Oh, I just love being one of the boys. She was a, a communications uh, stenographer or something like that in the Bush White House, got to make all kinds of connections, lied about the Iraq War, spun it. We're winning. We're fighting the terrorists there, so we don't have to fight them here. Remember that crap in Iraq? Oh, don't get me started on Iraq. Because then I'll have to go back to Afghanistan because we blew it in Afghanistan. Thanks to George W. Bush, who now says the greatest threat we face is uh, from Trump supporters, from MAGA. He said that. He said that. He said it on September 11th, 2021. That's how much they hate Trump. It's all personal. They don't like how Trump got it, Jeb. Anyway, uh, it's not personal. It's professional with me because George W. Bush sat on his freaking ass after 9-11 and waited a month before we did anything in Afghanistan. Now, what took him so long? You know, we could have had stealth bombers there before the sun went down. We could have had stealth bombers there before the damn sun went down on September 11th. We knew it was Al-Qaeda. Instead, we gave him a one-month head start. Now, why did we let him... Why? They'll give you some mumbo-jumbo about, oh, we had to set up uh, search and rescue operations in Uzbekistan, and we had to sign this treaty, and we had to get this agreement. Shut the hell up. It's war. You kick in the freaking door, and you start kicking ass. And you didn't do it because you're a wimp. And and you got some weird daddy issues. You were thinking about Iraq. And I am told that you were thinking about Iraq... On day one, actually, the day you were elected, more or less, how about that? we We did not go all in in Afghanistan to get the people who got us on nine eleven because W wanted to show up as old man and and take over Iraq. Wow, the ne'er-do-well son, who really was a ne'er-do-well. I mean, look it up. guy did nothing with his life, nothing. No accomplishment. Nothing. He was the professional son of a president. And, uh, well, wait a second. He got himself elected governor of Texas. Big freaking deal. He was the son of a president. If you're not a drug addict, you should probably be able to become the, the governor of whatever state you're from. Hey, look at the Bidens. Uh, one son's a drug addict, and he's... Uh, Making money in all kinds of funny ways. He's leading the drug addict life. Sorry, I hope he gets help. Hope he fixes that, but it's true. And what did the late Bo do? He wasn't a drug addict. He was actually, seems like a pretty squared away guy. That squared away, I don't know, but he got himself elected state attorney general of Delaware. That's what happens when you're the son of a vice president. You get those opportunities or you can make them happen. Uh, So W becomes governor of uh, Texas, and right away they start talking about him. This is presidential timber. Even though the governor of Texas has, like, nothing to do, it's a part-time job, it's all optics, it's all a silly, warped, corrupt game, really is. And the one guy who saw it for the silly, warped, corrupt game that it is was Donald Trump. And the people, though, who love playing that silly, warped, corrupt game, i.e., the swamp, Paul Ryan, people like that, this guy's going to screw everything up. Hey, by the way, I'm looking at Andre Leon Talley. Style icon. Uh, what was he really known for? Vogue magazine, his association with Anna Wintour. I met him a couple of times. I was always thrilled to meet him because I saw him in the, in the you know, society pages, Vanity Fair. He's always out and about and he comes in. I used to call him Andre the Giant. Not very original, but the guy was, like, humongous. He was, like, 6'7". He was huge. And he was also big, let's face it, in girth. And he wore that cape, but somehow, whatever it was. Was it a Whether He wore this. He wore, I don't know, a blanket, but it looked cool. And uh, he was all right. When I first met him, I thought he was Jamaican or something because he had this voice. And uh, he always wore, he has all cool sunglasses, too. And he used to drop by Good Day New York and uh, just a very cool guy, a real artist, open minded, wasn't judgmental. And you know who he hung out with? Donald Trump and Melania many times. It's back when New York was cool, when we weren't all so uptight. I heard Greg is a real Trumper. If you don't mind, I would prefer if Greg did not attend the party. We hear he's saying very divisive things on his television show. and re- I'm getting that, by the way. I love it. I didn't like them anyway. <laughs> I, I did, actually. I, I like people. I, I love people who disagree with me. Uh, but the other side lately, I don't know what the hell it is. They just went nuts, and everything's personal now, very, very personal. Granted, I just really unloaded on George W. Bush, didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. No. Well, it's true, god darn it. We started the war, we didn't have to fight. All right. Is it is it's it's time. All right, be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. All right. Uh somebody sent me a link to the Beach Who to Your School song by uh the Beach Boys. Number one, boy, oh, boy, the Beach Boys are over. Nobody talks about them anymore. I mean, that music is done. And the other thing, I never really understood that be true to your school stuff, Um, especially when it came to college. You know, I paid to go there, or actually my parents did, um, which I, by the way, did not appreciate adequately. I really didn't. Nobody, you know, youth wasted on the young. I should have studied my uh you know, what off, but uh I had other things to worry about, I guess. It was just such a squandered opportunity. I mean, I made it through. I graduated and all and uh but I even graduated slightly early. I uh I, I took extra credits during the summer. I don't know why. It wasn't it wasn't any academic ambition. I forgot what uh, what I was trying to pull there, but I took a bunch of classes at NASA Community during the summer, and I got uh, credit and applied it to Fordham and whatever. But I don't see myself writing a check to Fordham. It's ve- it's very, very competitive school now, more so than when I was there. And what else about it? It's um, expensive. They're all expensive now. Are they that Hey, look, maybe I should look into this. Maybe maybe I should write them a check or something or support them. But I don't know. It's not the most intuitive thing for me to support a place where we already gave them whatever it was. If you added it all up, $100,000, I don't know. It's a lot of money. And then they keep sending you letters for more money. <laughs> uh, and they get money from the government. All right, I'll look into it. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Uh, in the meantime, Andrew from New Jersey. Yes, Hey, what's up? When you mentioned Bush sitting on his butt with Afghanistan delaying, when you said delaying sitting on his butt, I thought you were talking about Iraq. I mean, uh, 9-11 when uh, we were attacked and he sat there and continued to read the little kid's book. Well, there are a couple of things. Name... Yeah, he blew off August of 2001. They were warning him, but he was too much of adult to uh, figure it out. Uh, Yes, they come in and they say America's under attack and he doesn't know what to do. So he just sits there with those nine-year-old kids. I didn't want to upset the children. Are you kidding me? Hey, kids, got to go. Bye. I would get the hell out of there and find out what's going on. He sat there. Not that, again, he could have really done anything in the moment. Or maybe he could have, actually. He could have authorized. Anyway, what else, Andrew? And also, uh, he's the true definition of a chicken hawk because he supported the Vietnam War. And yet he joined the reserves and he said, well, I was ready to go and combat pilot if my number was called. But if you want to fight in the war, you don't join the reserves. You join you join the active military. Well, so back then, <laughs> back then, back then, that was the deal. Back then he joined the reserve guard. And back then, Vietnam, yes, that was a way to avoid combat. Today, all kinds of people get called into right. active duty in the reserves and the guard, it's different today, but back then, that was the way you avoided going to Vietnam. Yes, sir. Andrew, thank you very much. You are correct. Uh, let's see here. David in, uh, no, hold on. Uh, for, uh the, 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 the Gail in Staten Island. Hello. Gail in Staten Island. Hello.
3: Hi, how are you? Good, Good afternoon. Listen, I saw Joe Pinion on your show and I used to watch his show, um, Saturday agenda.
1: So real quick, Joe Pinion is the guy who is now running for Senate. He wants to run against uh, Chuck Schumer. Yes. Oh,
3: my God. He's got my support.
1: Really? Tell me why.
3: Because I used to watch him on Saturday agenda before I'd go to Saturday mass. And I just thought he was really something else. He was intelligent and I think he's great. And I hope he gives them a run for his money because he speaks to the people, not at them. He's, he's really good.
1: That's beautiful, Gail. Uh, he's and, a, yeah.
3: Oh, and I was going to tell you that my second cousin was um, appointed under um, President Reagan as the first uh, general, uh, general inspector of the Department of State, and he served under three presidents.
1: Inspector General of the Department of State under Ronald Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. How about that? Uh, pretty cool, Gail. I'll pass it on to Joe Pinion. Actually, he listens to the show. It's the music time. Oh, well, they already already played it, so I'm way over. Gail, thanks for that. Best to your, uh, your cousin there. We'll be right back. And their Democrat allies for this and so many other horrible crimes that have really come to the fore, the spike we've seen over the past, what, year, year, how many years, when, when did George Floyd die again? May of 2020. Is it May of 2020? My gosh, it's going to be two years in a couple of months. Two years. Two years of mayhem. Political opportunistic mayhem. Political opportunistic mayhem. So I watch MSNBC, sometimes for laughs, sometimes to keep my eye on what the hell they're doing, You could say, well, it's just a cable channel. No, they are reflective and they are influencing the Democrat conversation in America. And right now, the coolest thing to be is uh, woke. The least cool thing to be is a white woman. And God forbid if you support Trump, watch out. You are the bottom of the barrel. They say America has no class system, no caste system. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, yes. And white working class women are at the bottom of the heap. And that has had a uh, the demonization of white women. And by the way, a lot of white women are aware of this. Some who lean left have been trying to just w- outwoke everybody to get them off their back and to go along with the mob. White women, white men, black men, black women, everybody. Just, you, want, you don't want to be targeted by the mob. You join it. So I wonder, I wonder what was in the head of Mr. Smith when he went into that store. Did he did he perceive some microaggression? Because I'm told that just existing and just talking in my uh, patriarchal Western way, I am committing microaggression after microaggression. And I am a product of systemic racism and therefore everything is inherently racist Uh, Critical race theory teaches that everything is racist. Paying for something at the store is racist. Did something trigger, Mr. Smith? Something about this young, beautiful woman, Brianna? Because if you literally watch primetime TV on MSNBC, and I don't think, something tells me this guy didn't have cable, but it's in the air. It is everywhere. The culture moves. It takes its cues. It's still... They call it the elite media, and I don't like that, but it is still true in that they influence so much, so many. Not necessarily many viewers. They're being crushed by Fox News. But they influence the establishment from corporate America to academia to... And academia is influencing all of this, too, at the same time. There's so much going on that says... If you're white, step back. If you're white, be woke, and you'll be off the hook. Go along with this stuff. Don't ask too many questions. It's really happening, and it's really bad. Listen, I love Dr. Martin Luther King's message. Don't judge people on the color of their skin. Make it about the content of their character. Isn't that great? Isn't the way it should be? Hell, yeah. You know what? It's a good thing that we gave that guy a day. What? Why not? That's a great message. Now, Joy Reid, I have a feeling, will not be uh, around for much longer because she, as crazy as MSNBC is, Comcast still has a couple of feet in the real world. She works for Comcast, ultimately. NBC Universal, I believe, is under Comcast, and they're headquartered in Pennsylvania. That's the real world. And they see this woman, this crazy racist woman, saying horrible things offline and online, okay? She said horrible things about gay people, horrible things about Jewish people, now horrible things about white women all the time. You know, they say if you question the election results of uh, 2020, and I do big time, I have all kinds of concerns about what happened back then. You're inciting violence. That's not true. No. But if you come out and say... And openly mock a white woman for crying, as she has done. You know what she calls it? She calls it white woman doing the white womaning thing. White womaning. It's a verb. It's a thing, or it's a subject and a verb. Or maybe it's a gerund. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I hold them responsible. Hey, what about Karen? The Karen culture they created. And you know, if you're a white woman and you stick up for yourself... Hey, I get into it all the time with people. I'm sorry, you know, this is New York. Big deal. It happens. Pushing, shoving, you know, it's a uh, this is the big city. You're supposed to stick up for yourself. You're not supposed to be wimps. You're not supposed to be, ooh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to I didn't want to offend anybody. The worst thing you know what? You know if you really want to be powerful in America? Be offended. If you are offended, ooh, you can run with that. There's money to be made. There's promotions to be had. You can get somebody fired and feel important for eight seconds. You're <laughs> yeah, being offended, especially if you are an offended uh, person of color. Oh, boy, watch out. Watch out. Um, tonight I'm working on something that's kind of interesting, actually. Eric Adams last week said that uh, the White House should apologize because Trump called it the China virus. Remember that? Do me a favor. Find that for me. It's not just just last week. One of the many stupid things he uttered. Number one, Biden's the president now. So why is he going to apologize? And he said the White House should apologize for something that Trump said. And by the way, what Trump said wasn't racist. It wasn't even anti-Asian. It was nothing. It was fine. We name viruses for where they come from. Lyme disease comes from Lyme, Connecticut. The Ebola virus comes from the Ebola River in Africa. Legionnaire's disease. They named it for some Legionnaire's convention. I don't exactly know what Legionnaires are. I think they wear the funny hats. It used to be a thing, like one of those civic groups, but uh, it's no longer a thing. Um, That's what we do with diseases all the time. China virus is totally fine, especially now that we know that it came from that lab in Wuhan. And especially now that we know that Fauci paid for gain of function research through a, an intermediary, yeah, that really happened. American money helped pay for this dumb thing, this horrible scourge. Uh, so anyway, oh yes, oh yes. So remember when Trump was in there? He was trying. They were trying to say that he has fueled all of this anti-Asian hate. Now is it was a total scam? That's why one of the first things that they did, Kamala and Joe, they ran down to that massage parlor shooting in Atlanta to see if they could make it a political issue, to see if they could actually make it a white supremacy issue. Even though everybody said it's not has nothing to do with white supremacy, this guy's a nut job, this guy's a sex addict, this guy's all kinds of weird things. The FBI even had the nerve to say it. The sheriff even had the nerve to say it. Shut up. We don't want to hear it. This is white supremacy. And they went down there. to the Well... Anybody with a um, computer, anybody with a cell phone can do a little bit of research and look at all of the anti-Asian hate that has happened. And by the way, it is a thing. There are an inordinate number of Asian people who have been picked on and harassed and attacked and killed because of their ethnicity. Now, for reasons that I don't understand... Most of these attacks have been perpetrated by black men, sometimes black women. Most, not all, but most. Why is that? I'd like to know more about that. Or at least I'd like to stop hearing that this is some sort of white supremacy thing, because that's a phony boogeyman. And when you talk about the phony boogeyman and you go looking for the phony boogeyman, the real boogeyman is going to come and get us. It's really true. This is really this is real world stuff. This isn't some game anymore. This isn't some silly show on cable TV. Our whole way of life is at risk. Is going down actually. Something very twisted and weird is happening. Quite frankly, you can call it the culture wars if you want. It's more important than that. Hey, I know some of you don't like Donald Trump. I happen to love the guy. I think he's great on policy. I think he's great. Uh, I like the style. I like the the in-the-face stuff. I I miss the tweets. I like those. But let's pretend for a moment you're listening to the show and you don't like Trump. And I can understand that. I do. People, you know, the manner is demeanor and, you know, it's not for everybody. But go back and look at the stuff that he was trying to get done. Border security. Enhanced national security, our economic security. He wasn't talking about silly, trivial, not even substantiated things. January 6th. Systemic racism. All right, let's pretend for a moment there's systemic racism. What are you going to do about it? First of all, what is it? It's a, you know what they want to do? They want to throw everything out. Everything, everything. They want to make this a socialist country. That's what Black Lives Matter wants to do. They think it is, you've got to get rid of it all. Uh, it's not a perfect system, but it's the one we got. As Winston Churchill said, good old Winnie. What did he say anyway? He said something to the effect of this. Our democracy is the worst system in the world, but it's better than all the others. Be right back. Ooh. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Yikes. But that true-to-your-school thing I was talking about earlier, I don't particularly understand it. i got terrible memories, quite frankly, of school for the most part. Some nice things happen, but a lot of bad things, too. I told you last week that teacher who basically uh, punched me in the head, Miss, I'm not going to say her name, she's... May or may not be alive, and she had a bad day. I don't want to single her out, although uh, I should. <laughs> it's been, it's been, uh, it's been almost forty years. All right, you're off the hook for now. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, school. Nobody likes school. It's terrible, terrible. Oh, you know what they're giving uh, Trump a hard time about all the time he played at the golf course. Uh Joe Biden spent one quarter of his presidency in Delaware and that's a lot of time and we don't know what he's doing in Delaware my personal uh, theory is he's got a unique hospital set up at that beach house in Delaware uh he's getting a special who knows what drip because he's got all kinds of issues but uh, I don't know I don't know what's going on there and uh, we don't know who's coming or going So, uh, oh, and if you criticize that, what do they say? Well, Donald Trump spent so much time at the golf course. Here's what they leave out. Donald Trump was a professional golf course uh, person, uh, designer of golf courses, owner of golf courses. You ever hear about business being done on the golf course? He took the leader, the prime minister of Japan out to play golf. That's where he works on people. That's where he gets stuff done. That's where you bond, by the way. That's where things happen. Um and he plays like a maniac. It's not relaxing. He like he just goes so fast. We all know he has lots of energy. He's gotta burn that energy off somehow. Uh you know, I mean I so I'm totally fine with it. It's it's obviously work. His mind, he can't turn his mind off. I, I, I really believe that. He's just like he's wired differently from most people. I mean, this is a compliment. I mean, like there's something unique about him physiologically. He is different from most People, forget presidents, people. Physically, he's a different specimen. Operate, operates a higher frequency, different frequency. I don't know what's going on there, but there's something going on, and it's good. It's an advantage. So I don't think he's ever relaxing. Now, when Obama went to the golf course, guess what? He did it to get away from people. Because as the people closest to him knew and said publicly, Barack Obama didn't like people. Barack Obama had no use for people. Nina Tandon, I think her name was, she was a senior economic advisor, said this to the New York Magazine out loud, how weird it is that this guy became president because he doesn't like people. It's pretty interesting. He didn't like politics. He didn't like people. He was lazy. Nobody talks about this. Obama was lazy. He went home at 6 o'clock. You know, it would be one thing if he spent 50 years in the Senate, knew how it operated, and just had the whole place wired. He spent two minutes in the Senate, didn't know a damn thing, didn't know anybody. So he should have used every little ounce of his energy and whatever ability he could muster to for us. But here's another thing. I don't think a young person should be president. I know you have to be, what's the minimum age? 35. Our Constitution says you can be a 35-year-old president. I don't like that. I'm not saying change it, but here's the problem. When a young man... Is a young man or a woman, well, I'm going to stay with men on this one. I think we are programmed, especially if we have young children, to do whatever it takes to get resources for the children. Our priority, our biological impulse, primal force is to take care of the family. And when that's going on, as it was in Obama, and this is not unadmirable or this is fine. He could not put the country first. He couldn't. I could tell in the way, believe it or not, I could tell in the way he walked. He was never that into us. He was a little bit embarrassed by America, believe it or not. All right, I got to go. Only for a bit, though. I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show on 77 WABC. Uh, Telephone time. Oh, I don't believe it. It's Jamal from the Bronx. Happy New Year to you. What's going on, buddy? First of all, Happy New Year to you.
4: I was forced to call you and say Happy New Year by my family member because they're crazy about you and they miss you on the radio. That's number one.
1: Well, my best to all of them. Okay, now we get to the part where you hate me. What's going on there? No,
4: I I don't hate you. You keep saying I hate you. I dislike your opinion. And I have to make a correction. Last time, me and you, we had a great conversation. But the next caller accused me I don't know. Let me tell you that next caller. Just listen to your tapes, archive. I, uh, wait, I, wait, 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 I Come on, do it. I, 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 in the Persian Gulf won. Wait, what? I have more respect for veteran, But nobody, no veteran, fight for our country because somebody kneeling against the flag. He has a right to kneel against the flag. And I want to make this clear to your listener.
1: Wait a second. He all right, right wait, the wait. To the, the guy, I have no idea. So you're, all right, you're saving, you're angry at the guy who no, called up the I last time.
4: i never be angry. My, I promise my family member sound, I will have a nice yeah. discussion with you.
1: All right, no, I know, but, well, you sound fired up, all right? Can we agree on that? You're not angry. You're fired up, but you're fired up not at me. It was the guy who came on the phone after you, which was roughly five weeks ago. Six weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> Just, I All be- right.
4: Happy New Year to you and your family, especially. You have a great family. I wish always the best for you, your producer, and everybody else. But I want to ask you one fa- uh, one request and one favor. Uh oh. Why yes. we're talking about Obama or mm. Trump or let's talk about the president I vote for. I am a little bit disappointed what he's doing. So let's talk about present. Forget about the past. That's what we should do, and I appreciate for one thing you do always. What you are, you always say, I'm an opinionated person, and I respect you for that. None of the people in CNN, uh, Newsmax, Fox News, MSNC, they say that they consider themselves journalists, they're not journalists. And what happened to your Chris Como? I was right on that too. Uh,
1: well, Jamal, you and I have made a lot of progress. Let's face it, we, we started <laughs> this relationship in a different place, and now I can feel it. You don't hate me. You even like me. You don't like my ideas, but I can live with that. I can totally. To ber- what happened to burning the Black Lives Matters flag? I told you
4: I will raise money for you.
1: Wait, uh, you did? I, uh, let's talk cash. What do you have in mind here? Wait, what? <laughs> you're gonna? You remember you said to me that you're gonna
4: raise, you're gonna go and have a burning uh, Black Lives Matters flag, and I said I will raise the money for you. Oh, and I will send it to you anonymously to your place, to your radio stations.
1: Uh, the money intrigued me. Even I don't want to get Greek in trouble.
4: Owns, even the Greek owns the radio station has more money than you and I.
1: That's true. He's a great guy. John Casamitidis. Well, Jamal, listen, do me a favor. Say hi to everybody in that family of yours. Great people. And it is good to hear from you. Thank you, pal, very much. here yes, to you. Take care. Um, no, great guy. We used to go at it. And, uh, I mean, look, he still gets uh, fired up, but that's good. We like it. Uh, i think I got to find somebody who now really good old-fashioned doesn't like me. I have a feeling Wendy has her grievances. Wendy, in, uh, where are you, Wendy? Hello.
2: Oh,
0: hey there. I'm on my way home, actually.
1: Uh, oh, well, that narrows it down. Uh, okay, you're uh, on yeah. your way. Where? Uh,
0: well, I just finished a teaching job in Queens, and I'm on my way out to Long Island. Very so good. my day is done.
1: Good for you. What's up?
0: So anyhow, I just want to say that we probably should consider... Raising that younger age of 35 for being president, because back in the day when they wrote all those rules and guidelines, a 35-year-old was way more mature than a 35-year-old is today.
1: Uh Well, uh, yeah, that varies from 35-year-old 30 to 35-year-old, don't you and think?
0: You could, you could still be living in your basement at 35 years old.
1: Yeah, I know, but you they know, probably... They had that back had then family too family. wendy wendy they had uh they had knit with thirty five year olds back then I think what you're getting at is yeah. life expectancy yeah. was a lot shorter back then so thirty five was like almost middle age maybe
0: right but what I'm saying is that people progressed in their life cycle at earlier ages they got married earlier they had jobs earlier they had more responsibilities that's true when kids are going to college at eighteen at eighteen years old they were having kids
1: no it is amazing you look at uh, I was just ripping on the Bush family. George H. W. Bush was a fighter pilot, shot down in World War II at the age of nineteen, twenty maybe at the latest. And he was married and, and George W. Bush was already in the picture. It was incredible what yeah, they did. So what yeah. Was, I don't think they're gonna right, budge so that what age. Do? They're not gonna move that age. They're not gonna move it. And let's face it, there are yeah. some there's some thirty five year olds who have their act right together. Wendy hey, real quick, what was it like in school today?
0: It was a challenging day. I got thrown into a class that I was totally unprepared for. But I pulled through, and I told the kids, and everything was okay.
1: I love it. The teacher was unprepared, and one of them admitted it. What was the uh, issue? why in, in did... all
0: fairness in all fairness, I was a substitute today, so we get to do whatever it is they throw at us. Oh, yeah, so if you want me to do algebra, I'll do algebra. you want me to do
1: what'd you have to spaces, do today?
0: Factors, I'll do that
1: what'd you do today?
0: Today we did multiplication
1: factors yeah oh factors i don't know about that all right wendy uh, good job i also, i used to give the damn substitute teachers so much trouble. righty
0: thanks take much. care
1: i used to give you guys so much trouble everybody acts up with a substitute teacher excuse me comes in the room what's the deal is it is it all right so um now what the hell one more um steven excuse me gee whiz uh steven in new york hi all right, G-Man. And <laughs> listen, that caller,
5: Jamal, whatever his name is. Jamal. Let me, yeah, let don't me say anything what, bad about him because so I, I like the guy. You, but I'm going to tell you what he is. He's a radio and computer clicker. When he comes on, I guarantee the radios click off. People don't want to hear that nonsense. Truly, I'm telling you, look at the ratings when he calls in. Now, when I call in, the ratings go up. Oh, first,
1: yeah, we, listen, we always evaluate uh, how yeah. the, the listeners respond to the callers. Right. Uh, there's a lot of data on that. Steve, give him a break. I like that guy. I like you, too. So what's up? All right. Before we get to the meat and
5: potatoes, let's just lighten it up a little bit, all right? Uh, you know, yeah, Val- sure. Listen, Valentine's Day is coming, and for the past year – Ann Coulter's been running around saying she's in love with the Adams family, with Adams, the mayor, right? So I think Saturday Night Live has got about a month to put together a skit for that, okay? Now let's get to the meat and potatoes. She doesn't
1: say she's in love with the guy like that romantically. She she thought he was the least offensive Democrat. There are a lot of things that Ann and I disagree with, by the way. She's not a big Trump person. I love Trump. So uh, anyway, you think that would be a funny skit. Okay, uh, we'll see. What else? But you don't live in a head, kid. But listen, the thing is, um,
5: in New York City, crime and everything – unfortunately this has been going on for years now this is all nonsense but what's going to happen it's happening now is people who are hard left and people who are liberals they're they're liberal about nothing but they're going to move into those states down there i don't use the i don't color code the states because it sounds like a bunch of pinkos down there but no they're conservative states florida texas whatever you want to call them (laughs) they're going to be ruined by these people going down there and as, as the 65 immigration act kicked in that's what rebuilt the hard left in this country. Mm-hmm. Nobody will talk about the 65 Immigration Act. If you look at the, the National uh, Democratic Party, whites are a minority now in that party. They're only 40 percent. It's been rebuilt by immigration.
1: Steve, it, it, uh, it sounds like you got everything figured out. Uh, what's, uh, what? Uh, tell us about you. Where, what do you do? What do you, what, what's going on? Well, right now I'm I'm calling the. Uh, I understand you know, what you're doing, right? You know what G I mean. Don't right be now. a
5: wise come guy. Come on. What the do you Audience do? loves this man. Come on. Well, Steven, I'm actually. What who again, are I'm you? What who
1: are you? And what do you do? Okay, I am a. Uh, I grew up in the Bronx. Okay. No, I, I, me I and you. Right, just cut cut to the moment right now. Not exactly right now, but you know what I mean. You're a Bronx boy. I feeling you were a New Yorker, just a funny feeling. What do you do? And uh, me and you went to the same White Castles for the first time <laughs> on Fordham Road. All right. He's the mystery I man. I am an
4: off.
5: I'm an off-the-book surgeon.
1: <laughs> I love it. Right. Okay, and what about the skinny <laughs> center? You're if you're skinny,
5: good. can you go there?
1: What? Uh, <laughs> White Castle? Yeah, just take off the bun. You can have all the fun you want. All right, Steven, the off-duty surgeon, thank you. Uh, that's the music, right? I'll be right back. Welcome to The Great Kelly Show. Hey, folks. Uh, look. We are printing money up left and right in this country and uh, may feel good for a moment, but it is dramatically weakening the U.S. dollar. Now, Wall Street, they're saying that our money is about to hit a wall. All that money will mean a lot less buying power. All that inflation It's going to hurt your portfolio. Mass money printing is a currency killer, and China is very happy. you got to call right now for a free copy of The Dollar's Last Stand. You can learn about debt cycles, hyperinflation, and the dollar's expiration date because it looks like that thing is going away. Most importantly, you got to see if you qualify to trade your dollars for gold with an instant $5,000 gold credit. Call 1-888-993-9332. The Chinese virus has crushed the American dollar. Do not let it crush you. The world's largest hedge fund says diversify right now. Call 1-888-993-9332 for a free copy of The Dollar's Last Stand. And see if you qualify to trade your paper bucks for solid gold with an instant $5,000 gold credit. This is The Greg Kelly Show. really a shame the trump family they are great people and uh eric don jr ivanka uh, baron and uh, tiffany they've never been in trouble with the law uh they're just they're literally eric ivanka and donald jr international men and women international business men and women they've been doing it ever since they got out of college even before college during college they were working in the trump organization. And that entails going to China, going to Turkey, you know, for properties that got in development, all kinds of stuff. And they were doing it decades before their father entered politics. Unlike Hunter Biden, who's just been making money for his dad. It's a very, very shady situation, probably outright illegal. And now that he can't influence pedal and do all those crazy, shifty things, he goes into the art business. So. It makes perfect sense that the swamp investigates, not Hunter, but the Trump children. This is, uh, you know, Letitia James. She's going after the Trump kids and Donald Trump. She said she would, and she's doing it. I think this is such a, is travesty the word? Um, An abuse of power by Tish James. Attorney General, that sounds like it's a big deal, right? State Attorney General, the Chief Prosecutor for New York State. Uh, I would imagine that involves crimes happening and then investigating those crimes and prosecuting those responsible or those you believe are responsible. Is this the way a professional lawyer speaks before they ever become the prosecutor? Here she is. What is she at the time? She's public advocate, nobody. Former city councilwoman, nobody. Tish James. Everybody knows she's not smart. Sorry. Uh, Everybody knows that there is a racial component to her success in electoral politics. Not much success, by the way. Her race for governor lasted about uh, a day and a half. What was that all about? Anyway, here she is running around making promises when she's campaigning for the job of attorney general. Who talks like this? I'll tell you who talks like this. A lawyer who will be disbarred.
3: Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This
0: illegitimate president. I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him, and then going home.
1: Uh, Wow. That's what she promised to do as a candidate, and she's doing it? Uh, you can say wild stuff, I guess, on the campaign trail. But, to, you know, here I am. I am the host of WABC Radio um, 1 to 3. I got a Newsmax show. And I got a Twitter account. I'm a private citizen. I don't hold uh, office or anything like that. I've not sought office. What would happen to me if I go on? Let me just try it right now. Let to see what happens. I'm actually going to do this right now. I'm going to say Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Let's just see what happens, shall I? How many phone calls? How many? What's going to happen? I, I have a feeling something is going to be something bad could happen. But what the hell? All right. This is an experiment. What time is it? Note the time. It's two fifty two. President Biden. Should I do this? I feel like it's a you know, I feel it's you. Heard, I want to hear what she said one more time. I'm going to use her words. All right. One more time.
0: Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to
1: definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain
0: in the
3: ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This
0: illegitimate president. I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him,
2: and then going home. All
1: right. She said it. Illegitimate. The president – should I say President Biden is illegitimate or just the president is illegitimate? What? President Biden? President Biden. Yeah, okay. President Biden – Is illegitimate. I'll write it like five times to make everybody really scared. President Biden is illegitimate. I wonder if I'm going to get a Twitter warning on this. It's really not that bad when you think about it, but I don't know. In this climate, ooh, President Biden is illegitimate. President Biden is illegitimate. One more time, right? President Biden, hey, she can do it. I can do it, right? It's a free country. She said that, and she got to be attorney general. I say this, I'm probably going to go have to see uh, uh, Human Resources or something like that. I don't know. we got a pretty cool outfit here. I'm not saying, you know, but let me just see what happens. President Biden is, I I finally figured out how to spell illegitimate. That took me a moment. Illegitimate. Shoot. I-L-L-E-G-I-T-I-M-A-T-E. Yes. President Biden is illegitimate. President Biden is illegitimate. President Biden is illegitimate. Tweet. Okay, I sent it downrange. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I love having fun on Twitter. At Greg Kelly USA. At Greg Kelly USA. Um, all right. Ooh, it's already 5'4. 54. I only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, oh, I wanted to play that one other thing, or another, uh, the other idiot who has an office not too far from ours, uh, Eric Adams. Uh, somebody's got to tell him how government works. All right. I don't think he has like a basic understanding of how government works, you know, like the executive branch, the judicial branch, all that stuff. And the difference between a political appointee and a civil servant. But Anyway, uh, do me a favor, that stuff on China and Trump. Go ahead and play that, please. This is just uh, this is from last
2: week, but it's still relevant. The president right now should stand up and say on behalf of the American people, we apologize to the Chinese community. We had a president of the United States that called. COVID, the Chinese disease, he used it He used term and hatred terminology. This is a big moment for our country that we would never allow the Oval Office to be used to attack people in our country.
1: Um, yeah, you see what I mean? Just a dumb guy. Uh, how is that racist Chinese virus? I, Chinese virus is racist. It's crazy talk. And oh, by the way, I don't think Joe Biden is going to apologize. From the White the White House has to like the building, the building of the White House has got to apologize. All right, so I launched that downrange. Uh, let's see. One minute ago, I've got 135 likes, 26 retweets, 15 comments. That's a lot. That's a hot tweet. This is gonna. This is gonna. Uh, let's see. Let's see what people say. Time for a nap, Greg. It's true. Uh, what else? Uh, fraudulent Biden. A lot of people disagree with me. Uh, let's see if somebody... Yes! Oh, people love this, actually. F. Joe Biden. There's a lot of that. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, you suck. Okay. <laughs> There's plenty of that, too. At Gray Kelly USA. At Great Kelly USA, if you want to see what all the fun's about. Uh, Susan in Brooklyn. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Is she on the phone or what? What's going on? Take yourself off. Yes. Hi, Susan.
0: Hi there. Oh, great. Um, I know there's just a couple of minutes left, but I did see your interview last night on Newsmax with um, Dr. Oz. Yeah. Well, um, I'm i a very big fan of him as an integrative uh, medicine doctor. Yeah. Very talented. But I was very disappointed at his lack of um, emphasizing the um, – he talked about Fauci, but the biggest thing is about the, the uh, how he banned and blocked all the – um therapeutics that Look,
1: could have saved I wouldn't up, be disappointed so I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed with Fauci's with his answer he says he wants to challenge Fauci to a debate he also said he should have been dismissed I mean you know I had other things to ask him about other than Fauci so I thought his answer was great I mean more time I'm sure he would have gotten around to it uh don't worry about that he's great and if you're in Pennsylvania folks I don't know I I think the guy's great you got an opportunity to send a superstar to the United States Senate uh, oh, it's time already. Okay. I got to go across the street to the Newsmax operation. Thank you for listening. Uh, the show is on tonight at 7. And uh, at Gray Kelly USA, at Great Kelly USA. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.